Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of All of Them Witches. I'm your host Marcus, here yet again to talk about horror movies. Today's film will be Suspiria from 2018, which I will say I, you know, ever since there was word that this was coming, I absolutely want nothing to do with it because the original Suspiria from Dario Argento is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Probably in my top five, though it would not be number one most likely. So I really wanted nothing to do with this movie. I was very scared, um, but it did come out in two years later. I've seen it. Um, before we get into talking about the film, I'm just going to go over um, some of what I watched um, since the last episode. Um, no horror, really. Well, kind of, but not really. Um, so I watched a documentary called Haunters, the Art of the Scare, which is on Shutter right now, um, which is about people who do like extreme haunted houses. I think that's a cool concept. I've always kind of wanted to go to one, though I never think I will. Don't think I ever will. Uh, I didn't quite love the documentary because it, you know, it, like so many, it goes into the human angle of people who are like, I'm spending all of my retirement on this. Or my wife hates it. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm not married. But uh, I would hope if I was married, I would be in a relationship with someone who would be accepting of my interests. And not be like utterly disgusted and hating this and not understanding in one bit at all. Uh, I don't think I'd want to marry someone if if I if we couldn't at least understand each other's interests and, and be accepting of them. I feel like that would be a very difficult relationship if you couldn't. So I don't know why these people are married, but hey, I'm not them. I don't know their life. Um, another documentary I watched was Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood which I've been wanting to see for a while and is nothing to do with horror at all. It's about um, this guy who, in Hollywood's past, would help stars to basically find people who they could, you know, uh, same-sex partners for them, basically. You know, at a time where this was absolutely not allowed for the stars to do that, at least not publicly, um, even though people certainly had rumors. So I thought that was interesting Um Thing. There's a book that, you know, it's based off of this book that the guy wrote. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read the book. It might be more interesting to me. I don't know. I just, I'm like that catty person who wants to know, oh, who were the stars? Ooh. Not because it's like a bad thing, obviously. I'm just like, I, I feel excited or happy when you think back and you realize, okay, you know, there's been gay people forever, obviously. Um, but here's these people who are very famous and successful and they also were gay or bi or something. And it's a shame that they had to hide it, but, you know, it's interesting nonetheless. Um, and keeping on that trend, I watched Moonlight, which was a Best Picture winner from, what, 2016? I'd never seen that, so I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Um, and those two films I saw via Canopy, because my local library finally got Canopy access. Uh, so you can check that out if you have a library access or if your library currently is allowing people to just sign up, because a lot of them are right now since you can't go to the actual library anymore, you know, at this point. Um, the only bad thing about Canopy is I believe the way it works is the library has to pay money every time you are viewing something, which is not great at all for the library, I don't think, but uh, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm making use of it. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's what I've been watching, but of course the main horror film that I checked out finally was Suspiria, the 2018 version. So... Let us get into Suspiria.
beginning she gave me things. Perfect balance, perfect sleep. Oh, she wants to get inside of me. I can feel her. the dance of another you make yourself in the image of its creator I feel like I'm not even here yet <laughs> the template's incredible one two three the way she transmits her work you have to decide what is it you want to be for this company there's more in that building than what you can see doctor Dangerous people. Three mothers. Three God. Three Devil. Mother Tenebrarum. Mother Lacrimarum. And Mother Suspiriorum. Darkness. Tears. <laughs> and sighs. <laughs> You're making some kind of deal with them. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all a mess. The one out there. The film opens up with this uh, girl named Patricia who comes into her psychiatrist's office, it appears, and is seemingly having, it seems like a breakdown. She's all over the place, moving about, singing, freaking out. Everything seems to be going wrong. She it doesn't appear to be in the best state of mind at this point when she sees him. She is talking and saying all kinds of stuff, but one thing that stands out is she says basically that where she was, this sort of dance uh, school that everyone there is witches and um the psychiatrist listens to what she has to say but of course doesn't believe it he's just thinking you know something's gone on and she's sort of falling further into her own delusions basically but either way she leaves and it's just kind of like okay now we're and then we go to a totally different scene which is where it's kind of looks like a i don't know rustic place like a farm type area and there's this woman in bed who's just like seemingly dying uh breathing very loudly and creepily while the children sort of look on sadly and so we're just getting these sort of flashes of sequences but then okay that's that scene's over and we're here to this uh girl who's apparently american she's got dollars in her purse she has come to berlin to study at this famous dance school she comes in, she auditions, she does really well. Apparently some famous uh, woman uh, who is like, I don't know, Madame or Matron Blanc is there. And that's very exciting for the protagonist uh, who has just come here from America because she's like, she loves her or whatever, her 
her dart, her uh, art, her dancing. Um, and at some point we figure out, okay, this American girl from Ohio, her name is Susie. She's like our protagonist. We're following her around as she is trying to get her feet wet in this dance academy. She quickly makes friends with this girl, um, Sarah, who's just like bubbly and happy to chat about whatever with her. And throughout this whole intro sequence, there's been a lot of like references to things going on in Berlin, in Germany at the time. Because um, this is a set, this is like a timepiece film. It's not modern day. So there's talk about like terrorists and, and such going on at this point. Um, I don't know much about German history to say, you know, what this all, you know, is referencing. But anyway, clearly stuff is going on. There is some uprising, there's unrest. And it sort of gets touched on upon a lot throughout the movie uh, as we go along, though I don't think it really does anything to help the film in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, see, so the girls have met each other, but then we're back to sort of the matrons, the uh, teachers of this academy, and they are talking about, they're like voting for someone. They're voting for either Marcos or Blanc, and in the end, Marcos wins, and there's something to do with rituals. Um, clearly, it's not just a normal school. That witch comment seems to be taken as fact very early on. You know, they're not trying to obfuscate anything. It appears that, yes, the film is very clearly trying to demonstrate that, yes, these women are witches. There is no gray area because they're talking about rituals, <laughs> which I don't think a school would normally be talking about. So it's another day at the dance school. The girl, Patricia, who is, like, gone, um, the one who had seen the psych, is gone, apparently, you know where she is. They're like, okay, maybe she, you know, she seemed to be involved with that terrorist organization. And there was a bombing recently. We kind of think that she was a part of that and she killed herself or got killed. Of course, this isn't a great thing. Everyone is not happy with that. But whatever. So that means because uh, apparently Patricia was sort of like the lead or maybe she, I'm not sure. But in the end, our new girl Susie is like, I can do the lead. I've seen this like a hundred times. So she's seen it a million times. So she thinks she can go up and just perform this lead role. A very, very, you know, brave girl. But either way, she starts and she thinks she's doing okay. Um, so the matron, um, Blanc, comes up and, like, basically imbues her with power, touches her hands and feet, and there's, like, a little light on, on that area where she was touching. So she's, like, great. She's good. But unfortunately, while, as a result of this, like, power transfer or something, uh, Susie, as she is dancing this very violent dance... Um, Patricia, or no, it's not Patricia. It's the other girl who was like freaked out, I believe. Because there's a girl that freaked out because of Patricia leaving or disappearing. Um, I believe it's that second girl who is basically being beat up by the dance in like a separate room. And she's like, not just getting beat up, she's getting like twisted up. Her body's just like, like very early on, something very fucked up happens to her rib cage or something. So it's like sort of poking out a bit. Or, like, through this, you know, see the skin, it's not right. Um, something really messed up happens, but then she just keeps getting beat up. Her jaw gets, like, dislocated totally. Everything gets all screwed up and twisted like a pretzel. Um, through, oh, throughout all of this, the girl never dies. I'm chalking that up to witch powers, where she's just super tortured continuously, but she's not actually dead. So that was gross. But apparently, she's still alive somewhere. They take her away, they hook, the, the matrons hook her up with these big hooks and take her away somewhere. 
in some secret room. Um, you know, we're back to the, you know, the girls just being girls. Susie pees into a cup and gives the urine to the matrons. It appears that all of the students do that. Um, I assume, again, that's some sort of witchery going on, why they need the urine. Though I don't know why the students would give it, just without question. I My only guess is that the school was saying, like, they would do, I don't know, UTI testing or something on the urine for them. I don't know. Or maybe even a pregnancy test. I don't know what they're trying, what the uh, cover was for that. So our psychiatrist guy is confused. He's like, I don't know where she went. She's gone. Uh, I'm going to hire some detectives to look, look into this school because, you know, I have Patricia's diary and she was talking about these people. Uh, maybe she wasn't, you know, maybe the witch thing is wrong, but maybe there is something strange going on at that school, like some sort of secret, I don't know, money thing or governmental thing or, you know, terrorist stuff, whatever. So he asked the um, detectives to go. And at this point, uh, Susie and Sarah are looking in the office files because they want to see, uh, like, Patricia's info. They want to get, like, her parents' phone number or something to just see, like, hey, is she there? Uh, so looking through the files. But while they're doing this, Susie looks through, like, another window or something and sees the some of the women uh, who have met the detectives um, playing with the detectives because the detectives are just, like, standing there totally, like, zoned out or maybe hypnotized. And it's clearly not a normal scene. Like, that guy, he's got his pants off. They're playing with his dick. You know, they're doing all this stuff that's clearly, it's clearly abnormal. Um, but Susie doesn't see anything, and the other girl, Sarah, doesn't see it at all anyway. So Susie's just like, okay, whatever. Um, and they don't find the, the uh, paperwork, unfortunately. So that's, that sort of, like, just ends. As we proceed, you know, it's another dance day. There is, like, some strange... Um, hand that comes like from under the ground is sort of pulling down Susie as she's dancing like on the floor um, the women um, you know the matrons recognize this and are like oh mother likes her I wanted to feel her for herself and like okay yeah whatever this is all about um, so you know it's just continuing to ratchet up something's going on something's going on this girl's being chosen um, so we go back to the psychiatrist again and he is at the detective's office he's like hey uh you find anything? And they're like, no, nothing at all. We've been through the whole place. But obviously they didn't. They just got, like, mind-controlled to believe that. So the psychiatrist is still doing his own investigation. He goes to the school as some, like, girls are leaving, the dancers. He's like, hey, uh, do any of you know this girl? Um, so he meets up with Sarah, and they start talking. At first, Sarah's pissed, like, what? Why would you say this? This is all wrong and lies. Um, but she does get warned to sort of keep an eye out. And as a result, she does keep an eye out and finds the secret room in the dance studio. And there's like a lot of fancy stuff in there, which implies they have money. Um, and there's the hooks in there that kill people. She also happens to wander in uh, by the kitchen at this point where the uh, matrons are all meeting and having dinner. Just so happens to be the time when one of them kills themselves, like for out of nowhere. And it's kind of like the sneak glasses woman who's been there the whole time. And never said anything at all throughout the whole film. Just sort of looks stressed the whole time until she commits suicide, obviously. So they're wailing and stuff. And so that freaks out Sarah. She runs away and takes the hook with her because, I don't know, she shouldn't have done that. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever leave a trail that you that someone was there that's just terrible? Either way, while this is happening, so Sarah's like freaked out, obviously. She gives the thing to the psychiatrist, the hook. 
and she's just like, yeah, something's really going on there. Um, so, you know, whatever. Now we're on to sort of this big uh, performance of this song or this dance, Volk. Um, and they're all dressed up in their, like, red bondage outfits. Um, so if any of you play video games, there was a game that came out a couple years ago called Unravel. And it starred this sort of red yarn character called Yarny. So to me, when I saw these outfits, I was like, it's bondage Yarny. Anyway, so they're going to get started with their, their dancing uh, performance for people. But at this time, Sarah, you know, she goes somewhere. She finds these sort of fucked up bodies of at least Patricia, I think. And then there's like another body crawling after her. So she's totally scared, running, getting out of there. Um, but she like falls through these like holes that appear in the ground and like breaks her leg very seriously. You know, the, the bone comes out of the skin, you know, that's just, that's not that ain't nice. You ain't gonna run anymore after that. So she's just down screaming, screaming, screaming while the performance is going on. At this point, um, some of the women come, uh, you know, the witches, obviously, and take her and, like, heal her, her leg and, like, make her calm and then introduce her back into the performance. So the performance continues, but near the end of it appears, or near a climax, Sarah falls down and starts screaming and her leg uh, bone is popped out again. So it's like, I don't know, like the magic wore off or something. I don't, who knows? But clearly ain't going right. Um, the performance ends and we continue in the story where it appears uh, Susie's gone full acceptance with this everything because she's talking to Blanc uh, with her mind. And this isn't scary to her. It's just like, that's what they're doing now. <laughs> Um, the psychiatrist goes home after this scary performance <laughs> and um, goes to his like old cottage house and he sees someone there. He's like, who is it? And at first I thought it was going to be like one of the witches, but it's not. Well, it is a woman. It's his wife who went missing years ago. Um, and she is played by Jessica Harper. And I was like, ugh, that's Jessica Harper, who is, of course, uh, fans of Suspiria, the original, would know she is a protagonist of Suspiria. So good callback there. With the actress it's just, it's just great it's great to see her you know and she's like oh you know what it was like immediate recognition too like she's much older obviously but it's like that's her that's her and there's no question in my mind so of course the cast goes out to a celebratory dinner um well this is happening but unfortunately the psychiatrist realizes you know that his wife basically walked into the school and then when he looks around she's not there anymore oops it was like a witch trick um so the witches come and grab him take him inside and it appears at this point, everything's just sort of at the end because it's like all of a sudden, here it is. It's the like final seance or final thing that's going to happen because everyone is, all the girls are now in the school in the secret area and they're all naked and dancing like wildly flinging themselves kind of thing. And the sort of, I don't know, the mother Marcos is there. And she's kind of like a fleshy, blobby type of person. Clearly not normal. Um, but she's there watching the thing go on as Susie comes up in her like fancy sacrifice gown. I don't know what to call it. Um, and of course Blanc is there. But Blanc is, is like, are you sure you want to do this? Like I can erase your memories. We could, you know, if you're not sure, then we don't have to go through with this. Um, and of course Mother Marcos or whatever is like, 
you are not in control. I am. This is happening. She is going to be my sacrifice. Like, you know, shut the fuck up. So while Blanc starts to say something like, this doesn't feel right. Do you think some, don't you think something's wrong here? But then Marcos just sort of uses her powers to nearly decapitate her um, from the back of her neck. So she's, she's not decapitated, but she's mostly decapitated partially, I guess. <laughs> and it appears that that warning was, or the expectation that fear was correct. Because as um, Susie's like, I'm here, I'm ready. Something starts to appear, um, which none of the witches were expecting. is sort of this black dressed person with like big claws and like sort of a skeletal-ness, just a skeleton almost. And that starts to come out. And I guess at this point, Susie is like, um, so you say you're who to Marcos? And Marcos is like, oh, you know, I'm one of the three mothers or whatever from Mother Suspirium. And then Susie's like, no, that's not true. I am she. And then you're like, oh, shit, this like, girl was faking. Uh, well, both of them were faking. Susie was faking being a normal girl from Ohio. And also the uh, mother Marcos was lying about being one of the, I don't know, three cho- chosen as one of the, from one of the three mothers. I don't know. But anyway, clearly there was something wrong. So she, Susie's like sort of taking control with this, whoever this figure is that has come. Maybe this is the true uh, Marcos, I think, because everyone keeps saying Marcos and then getting killed or not killed by her, uh, her being this sort of skeleton monster. So I think that's who that is supposed to be. And so killing, lots of killing going on, but some people are spared. I don't know why. I don't know. True believers, who knows? But either way, Susie's like happy. She like opens her chest up and you see like weirdness in her body. It's clearly not human. Uh, things that you'd see if it was just a human body being opened in the chest area. But anyway, you know, everyone's dancing. She's like, keep dancing. It's beautiful. And it's like at this scene where sort of like it's kind of slowed down. And there's like a color, like a red vibe over the dancers that are remaining. And to me, it was like, it, like I felt a little bit of it in my chest. I felt a little twinge of, I don't know, beauty of emotion. I was like, ugh. Even though there was parts I didn't like, I didn't like the way the slowdown effect worked. I didn't like the song that was playing. I'm like, this is stupid. Why is there a song with lyrics playing right now? Um, but it still hit me emotionally a bit in that sequence. So I was fine. And I was like, that's the end of the movie. Cool ending. Thank you. But then it wasn't the end. And there's the epilogue, which is just kind of um, nothing really. People are cleaning up the blood, um, sending the psych home. Having, you know, Susie meets him and lets him know how his wife died because he never got an answer. He just knew that she disappeared. And then she's just sort of going on with things. Um, I'm like, I don't want this ending. And also the ending sort of shows that this ending kind of shows that Blanc is not dead because when they sort of go to clean her up, she her eyes move. So you see that she's alive, I'm pretty sure. And then someone freaks out when they see that. Um, I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to know how this proceeds. I know it proceeds because Susie lives. I know that this is going to continue in some capacity. You don't need to fucking lay it out for me. I don't need any of this. Um, but anyway, that is the movie. It is over two hours long, close to three hours. And I am like, why is it so long? There could have been so much editing. For one, the epilogue could have just been dead, even though it's only like 14 minutes or 12 minutes or 10. Who knows? It's not that much. But all of the things about sort of the political uprising stuff going on at the time 
maybe gives it a better sense of place. But none of that was really impactful in the movie at all. None of it really did anything with the movie in any capacity. Um, I guess the psychiatrist's wife being, you know, having to deal with stuff in when there was the war going on. None of it is very important. And knowing the psychiatrist's backstory and having him be a secret detective, he could be a secret detective without needing his back, this big backstory. I don't really care. There's a lot about this movie that doesn't need to be there, I feel. And the fact that it is there makes it much longer than it needs to be. Um, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of explanation in this movie to sort of make sense of what's going on that's weird. Um, for example, the girls are having nightmares and they're very clear to make it obvious that this is from the witches causing this. Um, you know, everything's just laid out. And I don't like that. I don't think it's necessary. Um, I guess it's because the movie's made for what? Um, is it made for American audiences? Maybe it was made by or paid for by or something, Amazon Studios. So maybe that's why they're like very careful to be very obvious and explicit about things. Uh, but you don't need that. It's not, it's not necessary. Uh, this film could have been much shorter and still been fine. And I did my best to try to not compare this to the original Suspiria because obviously I feel like nothing would be able to compare to that film. Um, but in my mind, you know, there's a little bit. I'm like, none of these, except for the dream sequences, kind of. There was never anything that was really stylish about the filmography or the design of the set. You know, it was, no, it was very normal for the most part. Um, the only thing unique even as far as dress is concerned was that yarn outfit. Um, and the dancing itself was kind of weird because it's definitely modern in a style that I don't think people were going to be doing a lot there. And I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's an interesting film, but I was just okay with it. In the end, I gave it 5 out of 10, which for me means average. It does not mean fucking trash. It just means average um, because that's how I felt. You know, it could have been tightened up a lot. It could have been... You know, there could have been something else going on to give me more of a feel for it. I didn't think the excessive gore was necessary, or at least the excessive torture of that girl in the sequence. I don't think I need to see it. Um, I guess it helps, but it's like, how much do you really need to see? You could get the understanding of what's going on much quicker than how long they extended it. Um... You know, just stuff like that. And then what was not extended, which might have been better to be extended, is Susie's acceptance of what's going on. Um, obviously, it's true that in when, you know, in the reveal that she is aware of everything that's going on to begin with. Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but they just sort of let it be very quick from, I'm new here. I'm from Ohio to I am having a mental conversation with this witch and that is just totally fine and normal. I feel like there should have been something in between there. Um, but I guess it's not needed, whatever. Another thing I don't get is why Chloe Grace Moretz was like top billing on this film, I guess because she's very famous. Um, but even over Tilda Swinton? It just seemed odd to me um, that that's how they marketed it. I guess, you know, obviously you want to get people in you're like, hey, she's in here. But she's not in it for very long at all. She's only in the beginning of the movie. And maybe at the end, if her if that's still her body, who's like all mushy and like fucked up. <laughs> um, I guess Dakota Johnson is definitely not known in the horror community, I would say, before this movie. 
um, because her biggest billing has been the Fifty Shades series, um, where she plays the protagonist Anastasia or Anastasia Steele, which I still think is the stupidest name that has ever existed for any fictional character. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I could see why they wouldn't want to highlight her. It's like, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey's actress is uh, the lead in Suspiria. That would probably make people angry um, because people like to get angry at Fifty Shades as a series, book and film, which, you know, whatever. Say what you will. I think it's fine if people want to enjoy Smut. It's fine if people want to enjoy Bondage. Absolutely. Um, though I, the reason I don't like the Fifty Shades series of books is because it very strongly, uh, glamorizes a abusive relationship in a way that, uh, BDSM relationships are not. Um, so anyway, that's nothing to do with Suspiria, but I just thought that was interesting how they cast or, you know, tried to market it. Anyway, like I said, I thought this movie was fine. Of course, does not lay a hand on the original film. The soundtrack is okay. Um, some of the songs are kind of spooky. Um, I do not like when they have vocal tracks in there in English. It's like, what is this? This is so boring and dumb. I don't like it. Um, but, you know, nothing can beat Goblin either. So, all in all, okay. I would not recommend it. <laughs> I would not recommend it. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Uh, unless you just really want to know then you can totally see it, but I definitely wouldn't recommend watching it over the original. You might as well watch the original. The original has a full English dub if you're, like, afraid of subtitles or something. So go ahead and watch that. Um, this is an okay movie, but it isn't my thing. So that's that. So thank you for listening to me ramble about Suspiria from 2018. Hope to catch you next time when I will be watching some other random movie. <laughs>